Hey, welcome back to Murder, Maya and Me with me, Tara. And me, Maya. We're looking today at something which isn't um, a murder. It's not really a true crime either, but I think the reason we're interested in it is because it's to do with the um, Russian um, obfuscation of the actual statistics about who died, who suffered, who um, was ill because of it. So we're looking at something recently in... I suppose, documentary history with um, the Chernobyl disaster. Yeah. So, let's dive straight in. Uh, Chernobyl was a nuclear accident at number four reactor in the Chernobyl nuclear power plant near the city of Pipyat. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, you call it Pripyat. 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 In the north of the U- of uh, Ukraine SSR USSR yes. um, and this happened in 1986 and I think the reason why we well I was interested in it is I've just watched the Sky um, is it Sky or HBO? I think it's a collaboration between oh. the two and then it's also available on Now TV which is where I watched it and where I will probably watch it again soon yeah <laughs> it's really um, well filmed and well mm. um, created and I think it really from my perspective anyway I thought it was done in a really respectful way oh good and it really showed um, lots of different viewpoints and different um, represented many of the victims yeah that's important really important and i think they really took time to try and if they didn't have specific characters already that were because obviously so much of as we'll talk about later so much of um the victims were undocumented Mm. um they sort of just tried to ignore the fact that they had a massive disaster on their hands or tried to sort of brush it under the carpet Mm. And didn't record anything about the whole disaster. So everything's really undocumented. And whatever mm. documentation they've found, they've tried to pick out characters um, or, or create characters to represent people that they know were involved, but they don't have specific names, information, detail about who exactly they were. Because this happened when the Soviet Union was still yeah. the Soviet Union. It yeah. was before it all broken up into the constituent parts now. So it's pre-Putin, but I'm pretty sure he was in in the background and you know Must doing something but um so yeah we we've found it interesting and we've just been trying to find some stats about sort of how many people suffered and what is interesting is that actually really quite difficult yeah really hard and that, that's largely because the official position is that 31 people died because of chernobyl yeah end of yeah that's they been just their, stopped counting basically yeah they the, 1987 that was the official count and and that's the way it's been ever since and and actually there's thousands more victims yeah really horrifying really so i'll just go over exactly what well maybe not exactly but i've sort of summarized what actually happened to cause the disaster or what happened the night of the disaster just to give a bit of context um, I'm no scientist, I'm no expert, <laughs> so please forgive me. Well, t- to be fair, the people that were running it were scientists, and look how that worked out Yeah, exactly. Them. It was a really... Um, Foobar. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, 
The accident occurred during a safety test. Um, the test was a stimulation of an electrical power outage. Simulation. What did I say? Stimulation. Oh. <laughs> You're thinking about genie still. Uh-huh. Simulation. Uh, to to develop a safety procedure for keeping the reactor cooling water circulating until the emergency generators kicked in. I mean, it's great that they obviously were trying to run safety procedures to make it safer, mm. but they really did the opposite, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and what was interesting in the documentary, how they filmed it, is they very much showed that what happened was there was, there was two um, shifts... Of workers, so there was the day shift and there was the night shift, and most of the time, or ninety percent of the time, the day shift were the ones that were used to doing the tests, running the right. tests. They were much more trained up. The mm-hmm. night shift was kind of just keeping things rolling over overnight. Mm-hmm. They were much less um, clued up. They hadn't done a lot of the procedures, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of we ran out. They ran out of time to do it in the day, and the scientists pushed. The main scientists just wanted to get this test done. Um, and pushed for them to do it in the evening mm. and just kind of threw the books at them was like you're just gonna have to figure it out because we're doing it now I don't care what you say we're doing it now and as we were talking before we start recording it's this is the when things go wrong um, it's not usually just one particular thing that causes this huge event it's usually a cascade of things that causes the major problem and there's a tipping point isn't there probably maybe two, three, four, five things might happen and they can still rectify the situation. But then you get to the tipping point and then it's just totally, it's gone. You know, there's nothing you can do. That that problem's going to be the major problem. And, not, you know, the problem is slightly um, understating it really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So this test had actually been run four times already, mm. unsuccessfully. Obviously not as unsuccessful this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this this particular scientist was really keen to get a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. So he was really starting to obviously get frustrated by the whole thing. He was like, we just need to get this sorted. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because I think they'd identified, and like you said, good on them, they'd identified that there was a potential that the water, that the cooling system could, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't work if they had like a power out. Yeah. And they'd figured that they needed to make sure that this, this water would continue to cool if they lost all power. So I understand that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look what happens. I know. That's. This seems to be the running theme in this whole thing. It's kind of denial of the situation. Responsibility, yeah. or the, the... or just like, oh, it's not a big problem. We just need to carry on and fix it. Mm. And fixing it was more difficult than they obviously mm. first thought. Um. So yeah, as I said. The next shift that came on, because it was 10 hours delayed, weren't prepared for the test procedure. They just rocked up to work thinking it was going to be a normal night shift. shift. And they're thrown in at the deep end. And we've all been in situations where we're thrown in at the deep end. But, I mean, they really were completely um, unprepared for this. And this, well, it caused a huge disaster. The thing is, I mean, there's so much research and evidence to show that people who work shifts on nights and anyone who's ever done any shifts who is listening to this will know exactly what I'm talking about that it's almost like a twilight zone you, you can actually find yourself just on massively on autopilot so you're already probably your, your system your body's probably always already a bit up the swanny mm-hmm. and then you come on duty and you've got to 
do something that's beyond your sort of capacity that you've even thought, you know, you've not even yep. thought about, you've not done it before, you don't have the expertise. Yeah. And added into the fact that they'd also, have they disabled like the automatic safety systems as well? I'm sure I read that somewhere. Probably. It was just, there's just so many things that went wrong yeah. with this. There was a real, I mean, I didn't write down too much of the technical. Oh, I geeked out on that about Yeah, so that's my ago. brain like, was like, <laughs> hey. Um, I, yeah, I did that when they were saying, "Oh, uranium nine, cesium ten. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, the half life's just. I'm like, huh? I kept it simple for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, apparently the test super- supervisor failed to follow procedures, creating an okay. unstable con- conditions, which combined with other factors, I've just put. <laughs> Combined with other factors, there was like a whole list of that. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot. There wasn't, yeah, you know, was, he, he cocked up, definitely the supervisor, but it wasn't it just set that. set off that yeah. like, domino effect. Yeah. Um, oh. And they're humans. Yeah, they are. They are. And humans make mistake. Um, so, yeah, set off um, a chain reaction of issues, which caused a huge surge of energy which vaporised the superheated cooling water, rupturing the reactor vessels in a highly destructive steam explosion. Jesus. Which was instantly followed by an open-air reactor core fire. And throughout the whole drama series, they basically said, oh, it's not possible for the core to explode. (laughs) They were like, it's it's not like the something happened, and they were like all running around trying to sort it out. Someone would go there and look, be like, oh my god, it's exploded. So there's something seriously gone wrong here. Mm. Run back, tell the scientists, and he'd be like, you're obviously deranged. The core wouldn't explode. Carry on with the thing, and then he would go and look at himself. I think I think he even went and looked himself, and he's like, no, it didn't explode. Jesus Christ! And he was just in complete denial that it had actually exploded. Um, so so there was a huge um fire, and there was this plume of is plume the right word of smoke and and um ash projected up into the air, making almost like um a big cloud um of radioactive ash, which people were coming out and thinking, oh, it's just a big fire. And there was this bridge, God. which is really famous um, now, called the Bridge of Death, because there was all these um, families that were like, oh, let's just go and, you know, as our nosy yeah. human beings, we run out and we and want to go and have a look. Because there's something about a fire, isn't there? When, last summer, when my mum was down to stay, there, there was something kicking off, and we realised that the local recycling plant had caught fire. Somebody had, like, chucked a barbecue in, you know, in the bin. Yeah. And then the whole bloody plant got yeah. um, caught fire. And I thought, oh, the, the stuff that they have there, I don't really want to breathe no. that in. But the number of people that were going and having a look at it, people do. It's they like, just love it. It's, it's like, like it's when like, you drive along a motorway like and there's the a... Cops. I know, they it is. Having a rubberneck in it. I am quite bad for that. I always do. But I never, especially on a motorway, yeah. if there's a car that's on fire, you keep, you keep going. Because yeah. if those wheels explode, yeah. or any of that car explodes, you're in the... Yep, the swanning. Yeah. But I do. I think that there's there's that natural there human is. interest in stuff that's going on. Yeah. But yeah, obviously they didn't. The bridge yeah. of death. They all died, didn't yeah. they? They didn't survive. And it was like kids and oh. young families. But then, if you don't know, you don't appreciate or understand. I mean, now we know because of things like Chernobyl and Fukushima, and because there's been so much 
more information out there and because with the internet and the and you know the democratization of knowledge because you can just gooch novel now and you yeah. find out whatever you need to know yeah we know don't we so we have a, an understanding and appreciation that yeah. they just had they, no they idea. Were the that's why they were living in Soviet Union. Yeah. So I'm sure it's like, is it China nowadays? You, you don't have Google in China. They, they don't have those kinds of search engines. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably the same in, in parts of what was the Soviet Union. Yeah. I don't know, so don't quote me, but that information's not necessarily out there. So if you don't know, you don't know, do you? No. Hideous. No idea. Hideous. And a lot, obviously a lot of them knew people that worked at the plant or... Because the whole town, or city, or whatever you would class it as, were, were there for the nuclear. Mm. Yeah, it was plant. built, wasn't it? It was. It was like a. It was like the equivalent of Milton Keynes yeah. in Russia. Yeah. So it was founded in nineteen seventy. That town with Pripyat. Sorry, yeah. my phone. Um, so yeah, I. I mean, I. I think the whole. Oh, family. Planted. Oh no, God! <laughs> what between her and my phone and. She snores Red. as well, so if anyone's snoring, it's it's not us, it's the dog. Just, Has she really trouble? just scratched her, her back and oh her little God. tail was like wagging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's trouble. Ew! Come You're on. Funny. She's trying to, she's, she's, I'll tell you what, I think she's like a a, a, a competitor's um, podcast, like spy. I think she's been paid to disturb <laughs> us with our podcast. <laughs> she was barking before, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, we, we missed it though, didn't we? Yeah. So this time, so... So yeah, going back to Pripyat, it was it was like a new town. It was built for the um, the. <laughs> she's sorry, I'm just gonna lose it because she stinks. Oh my god! It's not even like I'm not shifting. Even, yeah, I'm not even giving her any like dodgy food today. God. Well, open the window. And how is the how's your podcast like? Yeah, it's great. Apart from the fact that my dog trumped and made us nearly vomit. Oh, so funny. Blimey. She's on par with my. Boyfriend. Oh no, you can't say that. <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Moving on. So um yeah, that's the basics of what happened that night. Obviously, there's a lot more detail and information out there if you want to geek out. Oh, I want it. I want to geek out a little bit on the fact that the actual design of the um oh. reactors was flawed. Completely. So I, I thought this was really interesting. Apparently, like Western and American design nuclear reactors have system where the more the the more sort of heated up they get the the less the core something to do with the coolant the more bubbles it has the the less uh, reactivity in the core oh. but what happens with these this design which i assume is a russian design because they're very into like russian uh, made stuff and the sort of patriot thing which i think is brilliant but on this occasion um it was like a positive feedback loop yeah. so the more bubbles the more reactivity yeah. and so on and so on and so on there was something as well <laughs> again i'm gonna do my thing where i have a bit of information <laughs> but i don't understand it there was like these um rods that yeah. went into the core yeah and instead of them retracting or whatever because they passed on i think more yeah power more and more of them were getting put into the core rather Jesus. than being taken and that caused like a sur- that surge That's of energy right. yeah yeah yeah, I, I'm going to have to find out more about the nuclear reactor because I find that more interesting than like the different half-lives of the... Yeah. Because it wasn't just one no. radioactive isotope. It was... It was like six or seven. Thousand, well, I don't know exactly, but it was well, a huge yeah, radio- radio- radiation. 
Because yeah. to begin with, they were like, oh, it's just like an x-ray. That's what they were saying. Yeah. Because they didn't yeah. know the levels, or they were not wanting to admit the levels of radiation that was coming from mm. the plant and the core. And they were like, oh, it's just like a common x-ray. Everyone will be fine. And then I think there was only one person, one or two people, one person who's actually died on at the actual time of the incident. And I don't know if it was something fell on him mm. when the core exploded or if it was actually nuclear rela- related because it's more of a gradual thing. Yeah, it is. Rather than an horrible. instant death. Mm. So kind of worse, I suppose. I think and it's horrible. That, um, that victim, he was one of the workers at the plant and he was called... We've written down so many names. I know. So Val... Valeri... Valeri... Kademchik. That's the one. His body was never recovered and he is permanently entombed in radio... Um, reactor 4? Yeah, reactor 4. Is he the firefighter? No, I think he was just one of the... Because the firefighter was... came out. Right. He went to hospital. He died a very slow, horrible death. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, Yeah, there was another firefighter who was one of the first lot of firefighters who were on the scene and they were getting right up in there to try and put out this blaze. As you would as a firefighter, your 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 um your brain is thinking. I just need to get in there, do my job, save everyone else, and and put, try and get this fire out. You're not thinking about other dangers. You're not aware of them. No. So there was one particular firefighter that the, the drama documentary series. I don't really. It's not really a documentary, but it's not. Docudrama is that what they call them? I don't know. Based on true events, drama. Yeah. Um, they focus on this particular firefighter who was curious at at the fire and picked up, I believe it was a chunk of the core, and obviously that's a huge amount of radiation mm. just there, and when you touch it, mm. you're even more exposed, and he suffered a really horrible death. Uh, well, a really long, that's the thing, it's really a long, drawn-out... Well, so, I suppose it's like that um, Russian guy who got poisoned in... Yeah. Um... Uh, was he no not the one in Salisbury? Was he in Salisbury? Yeah, there was one in Salisbury. Yeah, but but they, the you know, in yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not like a, an immediate thing, is it? It's no. it's painful. It's long and 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 there's no, there's no good ending. There's no way to oh, treat it. I'm they just, just treat the symptom. Yeah. They treat the symptoms, trying to make you as comfortable as possible, which I just think. Oh, God, just put them out of their misery sometimes, yeah. do you know what I mean? Well, I know, but then you don't really want to be in the angel of death. No, exactly, well, they, who, you can't play God, can you? <laughs> no. Um, no. So his wife, Ludmilla, mm-hmm. yep. um, her daughter, she was pregnant at the time, um, and she went to see him. And she was touching him a lot and letting him touch her belly, um, which they told him, told her not to do. But she did it sort of when they weren't in the room. She would go in and, and touch him and hold him and be with him. I think just out of pure love. Love. And, mm. and she, wa- she had this baby with him. They didn't have children yet. And she was desperate for him to be part of that. And, and obviously she also didn't have any comprehension. They were telling her how dangerous it was, but she's mm. never heard of anything like this. the thing about radiation. It's not like you can see it, is it? It's, it's not, well, 
It's invisible, but she could see what happened to him. Of course, but it's it's like people smoke every day. They know that, yeah. that it causes cancer, but it's an abstract concept yeah. until such a time as you're faced with, you, you know, you have an, an illness. It yourself, yeah. So... So, unfortunately, her daughter and her husband died. She mm. suffered two strokes, and they told her that she was basically infertile. She'd mm. never have kids again. Um, but she proved them wrong, and mm. she had... Um, was it a son? A son, yeah. And they live in Kiev, Kiev yeah. Mm-hmm. now. So she's, you know, one, one, happy, one happy story, story yeah. that's come out of Chernobyl is that she actually... You know, put she a, went on put a middle finger up to it and said, yeah. I'm going to carry on in a positive way um unfortunately there were so many other people that weren't so lucky the death toll is when not known because Isn't that's mad well they didn't want to fess up to how big a problem because i don't think they were going they were trying to hide it for ages and there was one of the re- other reactors i think it was in like norway it's one of the scandy countries or maybe it was I can't remember, I'm sure it was one of the Scandi countries, that got a reading that there was a big nuclear... Um, they had a reading then. They were like, yeah, what the hell is going, going on? on? Yeah, you know, we shouldn't be getting readings. Um, they were aware that there'd been an accident, mm. so they were all aware that something had happened, but they didn't know how yeah, severe. Yeah, how bad it was until they got there. Yeah, so it, it was kind of out of the control of the Soviet Union and... People started asking questions, people started knowing about it, and at that point they kind of started to lose control of the whole mm. situation. They were trying desperately to cover it up. Um, and they had this problem of how do we protect the area. So there was, I think it was about 400 miners that were sent in to dig something out. I think they were... Would- they were stopping uh, yeah, something they, from happening. They stopped the, um, they're probably digging around the reactor so that it didn't go in. The fires didn't yeah, go yeah, yeah, into yeah. Yeah. the other three because presumably, like the three, sorry, there's four reactors, so the other three are in relatively close proximity yeah. to them. Yeah. Because people work there, don't they? Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean that's awful. I think about hundred of those have yeah. died before the age of 40 it's just too much I mean out of 400 people 25% died before 40 that's not a coincidence that kind of thing is not a coincidence no um, so Valer what were we saying How, Valeri Valeri Leg- Legasov yeah yeah Legasov yeah took his own life and he was one of the main scientists he was the lead scientist or engineer at the uh, he so he took his life at the age of 51 which is two years after the explosion and i think to begin with he was very like oh that's not such a big problem it was very much in denial and obviously mm. didn't deal with it at the time and then felt obviously a huge amount of guilt mm. later on yeah but he was the main you know was the main reason actually why some of this happened well and there's lots of conflicting um accounts of his nature i suppose or where he the way he did it because um a lot of he had a huge group of scientists that worked alongside him mm. um and he actually i think he was part of the design so that caused, uh, you know, that, that sort of recognition that there was actually design flaws mm. was coming back to him. Yeah. 
and that just tipped him over the and edge. Probably two years on, he's seeing more and more people dying and becoming ill and it's children. The of it. Yeah, um, and it's just overcome him. And, yeah, you know the other scientists, some of the ones that spoke out against him, soon after the explosion were arrested and imprisoned. Are they the ones that got sent to him for 10 years hard labour? No. Well, who are they then? Just three guys that got through 10 years hard labour? I think there were just three of the board that were in... people uh, that were in charge. Right, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I believe. I think the thing that's really interesting about Chernobyl now is when you look at the photographs of the area and there's an exclusion zone that, that co- is covered like... It's 2,600 kilometres. Yeah. What I found really interesting about it is that it's not just... They haven't put, like, a pin in the centre of the radio... Sorry, the reactor and where the fire was and then done, you know, like, a, a circle around it. It doesn't work like that with that because it's the, because the radiation is carried on the wind. Um, so it's mainly west and north yeah. of the actual reactor, which I, I didn't know that until we looked at this. Um and so there's that, that big massive area, 2,600 kilometres, is a huge area. But there are places where you can go in and, and we, we watched a YouTube video, didn't we, on, on a guy who was going around looking at all these places. Yeah. It was really quite haunting. Yeah. How, it's like a ghost town. Yeah, it? but also quite fascinating how the nature has, you can hear the birds tweeting. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's probably quite an incredible place to, to visit. I kind of almost want to go there, but I don't really want to, Go to the really ra- radioactive places, which I know you can't actually go to those places. No, but there was some. Um, There's also a debate about how much that's damaged. Like, um, I saw an article recently about whether we should really be going there as tourists, whether it should really be a tourist thing. Yeah, agreed. This this is the other thing. It's like there's something macabre about it, isn't there? You know yeah. how, you know how many people. It said I think. The Pripyat in, in 1986 had a population of just under 50,000 people and Chernobyl had a population of 12,000. But actually, in total, the number of people that were displaced after the accident was 300,000. Yeah. And there's some, some discussion about, oh, you know, like the half-life of some of the things is only eight years or, or eight days or, or eight weeks. I can't remember. But <clears throat> some of them, they reckon, have got a half-life of 24,000 years. Yeah. So... They they don't think it's going to be fit for human habitation for like twenty thousand years, mm. which kind of a big deal that. Um, and they these three hundred thousand people were told it was going to be temporary, mm. that they could mm. come back. Yeah, and I I'm sure I know that um Owen and I were looking for something to watch on, as a movie the other night, and I, I obviously I knew you were interested in this and you'd watch the series. I was trying to find this but I couldn't find it, but there was something. I don't know if it's called babushka, which is, I think it's, that means like nanny in Russian or something, but, um, hey, Red. But there are a small number of people who've just decided that the authorities can poke it and they've started yeah, to move yeah. back. And yeah. I think, oh my God. There's a lot really... of people that didn't want to leave. Yeah, which I kind of understand that that's the They were case. like, there was, uh, in the drama, there was a, an elderly woman yeah. who had farm I think and she was milking her cow at the time oh, in this particular scene and um, she was like refusing she was like I've been through so much already because there'd been wars they'd yeah. been through a war that, you know they were quite well, yeah, they were think in the 80s work... there's probably people that still remember the second world war yeah it was very much point. a working class um, 
most of them were all working yeah. class people. They were, they were used to living in situations of poverty, and difficult yeah. lives, and they were just, you know, they were just wanted to continue living in their homes. And, you know, this woman especially, she was like, well, I'm going to die soon anyway, I don't really care. And they were forcing her to leave, and they shot the cow. Oh, my God. And that was an interesting thing, as also, as they did, they shot pretty much all the animals. They went around looking for all the dogs. I oh know. And the animals. Um, which which is ironic, because then then they denied, they shot all the dogs so that they didn't suffer. Yeah. But then they denied the suffering of the humans. Of the humans, that's what I, I just find. It's so messed up. Yeah. I love animals, you know, I do a bit. And like, that, oh, stop licking, you disgusting article. <laughs> But um, that's the dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the thing, the other thing as well, on that little, little mini documentary thing that we watched, that guy that was wandering around, he was talking about how there's there's like the really close area to the to the actual reactors and stuff that is the exclusion zone. That there's security services and police that work there. Yeah. That patrol it and make sure yeah. that people don't break in and and expose themselves. I would not want that job for love nor money. I bloody hope that they shift them over a lot so that it's not the yeah. same people working there all the time. Because that that video showed the Geiger counter going up when, when they went into the, like, the firefighters' clothes, and obviously these people were all like, gowned up and, and rest of it. They, um, the Geiger counter went up to like 600. It did, yeah. Which is bonkers, isn't Scary. it? Scary. Yeah. The other thing that I found amazing and not in a good way, is that Reactor 3 was still producing electricity for... To 2000? To 2000. Was it 2003? Well, something like that. But it's in the, it was 2000 or 2003, but that I find terrifying. Yeah. I know they did... I know the, I think it was the the documentary said that they did, like, did a retrofit of safety features, but... So this happened in 1986. Yeah. So... Long time afterwards, they were still doing it. Over, over ten years. years, yeah. That's that. I, I don't know. Don't you think at that point you'd be like, learn a lesson? Let's close the thing this is, down. like, I suppose you you could say in all of this, you know, and there's also with Fukushima as well. You know, have we not evolved to a point where we we can figure out a way to find a fuel or energy source yeah. that's not nuclear? Yeah. Because I mean, we've got nuclear plants in this country. Let's let's be clear about that. Yeah. I remember travelling to Germany when they just banned all nuclear oh, really? yeah. plants in, in Germany and and I just thought, you know, that's amazing, what a yeah. great thing. And they've got wind farms everywhere. Yeah. But see, Germany's such a massive country. Yeah. So they do have more land space in order to do that. Whereas you think where we are in this country, we, we're so compressed. There's so many people on such a small island. Yeah. And I know there are areas that aren't as densely populated, but... I don't know, I feel really conflicted by it because we've got to figure out a way to to, to deal with our obsession with gas and oil because that's destroying the planet as well. Yeah, it's just a whole other kettle. Political thing. fallouts. But I think that as time goes by, we surely can work that out. You know, we've, we've, We have to, we've got this far. Well, I saw something, I think it was David Attenborough saying that, you know, we've got about 20 years to figure out. Yeah, there was that great... Do- I actually haven't watched the whole of that documentary yet. His um, yeah. I can't what it's called. I can't remember what's called the, either. One of the planet ones. Yeah, but, it was but he's he's really appealing to young people as well to say, look, you know, you've got about twenty years before it's completely irreversible, and they reckon it's sort of ten to twenty years is the tipping point for us, isn't it? Which is 
But insane. I think we can. I think we. There's so many people, especially like you can tell in my age group, people really care. Most yeah. people are trying to, you know, single use plastic. Yeah. Making small changes. If everyone makes a small change, yeah. we can make a Agreed. huge change. I Absolutely. mean, there was that Waitrose did their. They've um, changed. No plastic. Did you see that they did this no plastic store recently? Oh, did they? In um, Oxford, oh, they really? did um, like a trial yeah. of um, no waste or whatever, no plastic. So mm. you went in and you got your, like in, you know, when you do those little boutique places where you can get your, your grains and stuff in, in your own jars and you take them oh, home. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They did that in um, mm. Waitrose in Oxford. And they had what they thought would be enough for eight weeks, I think, or six weeks. Mm. They sold out, I think, in the first week. Brilliant. Because people love people it. People do want it. And, and you know, I... Especially I... people that are shopping at Waitrose. They're people that can afford... Because that's the other thing they're saying. Well, maybe it's more expensive. But if you take away the price of packaging... It's about priorities, though. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I'd rather pay a bit more if it's going to... We we are change the ways of yeah. I mean, there's there's planet. so many people on this planet. We need to start thinking about ways and nuclear. I personally don't think nuclear is the way to go. I understand that we can't continue to use gas and oil, but the reason I don't like nuclear is because humans are involved in, in the process of doing it, and it's it's you know the like I say the half lives of this thing you know the. They reckon you cannot inhabit this area. It's not going to be habitable for 20,000 years. That's, that's a staggering mad. amount of time, isn't yeah. it? And as the thing that I find do find amazing is that the nature has come back to the, those places. I mean, that red forest, I think they called it the red forest because it, they were, the trees were glowing after yeah. the incident, which yeah. are, I can't even imagine. But um, And then they went sort of gingery red, didn't they? Yeah. And so they bulldozed it. Yeah. They bulldozed it all and they buried them all. Yeah. And yeah, new trees have all grown yeah they've all grown back, which is it's nature it's prevails. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure I don't want to have a bonfire with those trees. I'm I'm not suggesting one minute I'm going to have a bonfire and we'll sit around it, toasted our marshmallows and sing a kumbaya because I don't fancy that at all. <laughs> However, I do think it's magic that the trees have come back. Definitely. Um. It gives me a little bit of hope in the world well, if, and nature. If, yeah, I, if there's like a dinosaur kind of event, you know, where we become extinct or, or we're almost extinct. Types, yeah, you know, it's a big meteor or something. Um, I think, you know, the planet will heal itself. It will. But if humans continue to inhabit this planet... We'll destroy it. We're, we're up to shitter. There's enough um, sci-fi films that have been made now about what happens when the world... When we go too far as humans. Oh, don't even go there about the sci-fi films. It freaks... When I think about it too much, it really freaks me out. Like, I've had this conversation with you about my irrational... Well, I call them the irrational fears. But it's based upon a bigger fear of when I'm driving down the motorway somewhere and it's really hot. I only ever get it when it's hot and I don't know why. I think it's, it's that the, idea of the world yeah. heating up. It's this the road melting. Thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think the world... I, I, it starts off like, oh my God, it's too hot. Everyone's cars are going to explode. Then the then the the tarmac's gonna start melting and it's gonna it's gonna collapse and there'll be a big sinkhole and then the whole world will just implode. It'll just get yeah. And I have this whilst I'm driving on the M one or whatever. The thing is, I as I said to you before, though, I think everyone has like mad fears and thoughts. Just we don't always articulate them. We don't always talk about them. Do we? You're so cute, Red. Oh, nearly fell over. So Chernobyl, basically. 
uh, was pretty hideous. Um, lots of people died, but we can't give you any stats on how many because no. the Soviet Union... It's kind of like the um, asbestos situation. Yeah. Very similar, but very different. Yeah. And also, you know, how, how do you know? That person might be getting cancer anyway. Yeah. How can you attribute it to... Yeah, they said said there has been um, a rise in cancer rates specifically amongst children. Yeah, but that was sort of straight after the disaster. But as we know, with with radiation, it it lasts for a friggin' long time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that... And then there's a lot of people also that have been survivors well there's a there there is i think i don't know if it was the guardian article with that woman called kim wilshire who wrote and said actually a lot of the stuff that they envisaged happening didn't Mm. happen so i think you have to look at it with balance but i i think from for me like from an from a human point of view um and an ecological point of view i think it's an interesting story and and what makes it even more fascinating is that you have the you have the photographs you know it's it's something that you can look at and see Chernobyl of past you know pre nineteen eighty six and yeah. then see the images now thirty three years later yeah and it's haunting it's yeah. really haunting and nobody will be living in that area anytime soon really no. not in any I know there's people who've moved back and just said you know do yeah. one but I don't know if they've lived in they're probably living they're probably not right in the, the, in the center of the yeah they're perhaps further out in the woodlands and I, and I think. That's the thing. It's such a, it's such a haunting kind of. There's a little village in somewhere in Dorset, and I can't remember the name of it. And it's like an abandoned village, and you can walk around it. And there's it's really quite strange. And there's something about these places, these sort of ghost town places, that some they speak to you somehow, yeah. don't they? They're really quite sort of bizarre. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the the most world known, the most world famous. Yeah, ghost town for want of a better description. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, shout out to all the people that um, you know, basically gave their lives. Definitely, to, all to... the victims or people that that are still alive today. Yeah. That were affected and by those, it, and those miners that worked twenty four seven to yeah. stop a further, um, you know, complete meltdown. Yeah. That that to me is like heroism. There was a, a I think scale. I think a big part of what the documentary highlights is this real negligence about there was no preparation for something to happen because yeah. they just didn't think anything would happen. So for example they had um that you could take iodine tablets, I believe, oh, yeah, yeah. to try and prevent yeah. or protect you a little bit, prepare yeah. your body, and they didn't have enough of those to go around. Yeah. So they weren't in many of these catastrophe catastrophes they're not prepared mm. yeah. for the eventualities and that's so often what's reported back, isn't it? Mm. There was um in that article there was a line um that she said that was a quote from something or other. That's the Kim Wilshire one. Yeah. The official position of the state is that global nuclear catastrophe is not possible in the Soviet Union. And I think that really encapsulates Mm. their reluctance to hold their hands up and say I think I I don't want to tar them all with the same brush but I think sometimes that kind of attitude because they've had situations before and I I don't know if it was Moscow so don't quote me and I'll find out his name but serial killer and they were like no we don't have serial killers in 
Russia. That's an American thing. I think I've heard that before. And and it's it's that denial of the humanity because unfortunately, we were literally talking about this earlier. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you are or, or you know you can you can accept that there's sort of general cultural identities, but ultimately there's good and bad in everyone, and it doesn't matter where you are. That's going to happen. And and if they're humans in Russia, yeah. or the Soviet Union, then newsflash, you can have a nuclear catastrophe. Yeah. So. There was, I watched something, uh, maybe it was My Favourite Murder again, oh. the podcast, shout out to those guys, love them. Um, <laughs> they covered one that was a Chinese guy and he's kind of a celebrity and he was really? a murderer. Oh. Have you heard of this? Oh. She was Chinese, not Japanese? Maybe it's Japanese. Could possibly be Japanese, oh. but he's sold like loads of books about it and stuff, but I think he murdered not in his home country yeah i think it was somewhere else oh god I think anyway that's a whole different that story. is another whole that's a whole other tangent so um what is your what is your positive note to positive note of the day yeah to 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 end with this podcast uh <laughs> <laughs> i think what i wanted to say was just to somebody who likes to hear the birds singing in the morning, the thing that really sort of I found with the, the doc, little documentary thing that we found on, online was hearing the birds singing yeah. with Chernobyl. Yeah. And I think that, you know, how just nature, gives you hope, yeah. How nature can revive itself mm. and it's a real testament to our planet and its yeah. capabilities to begin new life you know you see it in forest mm. fires as well when you get those new seedlings that come through yeah. and sometimes nature does these things itself to regenerate an area but obviously we've done it and it's <laughs> we've caused it and it's fought yeah, back it's against still us fighting. and um yeah I, mean, I think we have to figure out like what our positive thing is maybe it's gonna what be we like... can take from it Maybe we can take for it, or maybe something positive that we've done that week. I I really enjoyed my dinner uh, last night at Did Urban <laughs> Garden Theatre. It was really, it was just really nice, and the sun was shining, and I was with nice people. So, um, yeah. that was good. That was a good, good end to my day. So, so yeah. I know I had a line this morning. Oh, at last! Ta da! The world wasn't really. I woke up at seven thirty. Like, <gasps> I'm late, and I was like, no, I'm not. I don't need to get to work yet. Yay! No, Yay! It's not a four o'clock in the morning start. I love sleep. Yeah, I know. Those mornings are oh, hideous, seriously. Cool. So, hope you enjoyed hearing about Chernobyl. Um, it is quite distressing, but it's also fascinating. And yeah. I would recommend that Guardian article. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I'll post a picture of that on the Instagram, mm. as we always do. And I'll also put up some other pictures from... The internet that we found were interesting and a little picture of the um, Chernobyl docu-series. Oh, if anyone's yeah. interested, yeah. yeah, you can, if you're in the UK and you don't have Sky, you can watch it on Now TV, which actually I think, I don't know where Now TV is available. I'm no, sure I it's available no yeah. in other countries and actually it's much cheaper than Sky TV, so... Yeah. I'm a big, big advocate for Now TV. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored by anything yet. No. If anyone wants to sponsor us. Yeah, let us know. Please do get in contact. Uh, yeah, our Instagram Instagram page is Murder My and Me. 
and same for Twitter. Is it? Same name everywhere. Cool. Keep it simple. Easy. Don't have to worry then. So yeah, find us on social media and we will get better and better with everything as we go. Brilliant. We're learning. See you later. Bye.